the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. All right, welcome. It's Good Jobs Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited to some degree. Uh, I'm getting invited to the Brady Bunch boxes on a regular basis on Jobs Friday. <laughs> Yeah, Fox Fox Business Mornings with me. I love doing the, her program. Uh, she wasn't in today, but uh, Joe Conch was on. Uh, Jackie, it was it was great, and we had a uh, an eight box Brady Bunch BLS report, and we're here to basically go over whether or not your BLS report is just plain BS. Anyway, yesterday we went over the the ADP report, and I was highly encouraged by that report and the fact that we're seeing uh, small businesses and mid-sized businesses uh, filling more jobs. That's where you saw the growth. Um, it wasn't in large businesses. And again, we, we, if you've been following along what we've been talking about here, um, we expected all of this. None of this should be a surprise. None of this should be a surprise that tech companies are laying people off. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be surprised that certain, certain financial institutions are trimming the fat. I mean, everyone makes a big deal out of uh, Goldman Sachs. Oh, they're laying off 8,000 people. They lay off people every year. They just haven't done it for the past few years over COVID. Wasn't politically correct to do so. So again, they're doing what they, they normally do over there. Now, we, what we, we learned, what Elon Musk fired 70% of the staff over Twitter. And guess what? Twitter's still running. Lights are still on. And more of these companies are going to recognize this. They overhired. Okay, what, what does this all mean? Um, part of the, the problems that we have in regards to inflation is the fact that uh, wage inflation. And, you know, and I, I've talked about this here on the program. You've got kids graduating from college that uh, are getting jobs, paying them six figures plus. I, I, I did a breakdown. I, geez, I don't know, it had to be about maybe a year ago here on the program where I was, uh, I went back to when I was graduating from college. And I remember the, the kid uh, in my fraternity that, uh, I mean, I think it was the highest paid out of us all. It was like $36,000 a year to start. And I did the whole inflation adjustment. And it's not even close to the type of money that these kids are making today. Now, again, going by the wayside, that's going to change. It's Okay. It's okay. It's natural. It's a healthy thing. And I did the, the, uh, you know, the, the Brady Bunch box today. And unfortunately, again, it, it's television. And it's not my show. It's not like it's my radio show or my podcast or anything that I do. I, you know, you got to let everybody speak. And you, you end up feeling a little bit unsatisfied when you come out of it because you can't get all of your points out. Uh, but the report came in. Everybody was expecting 200,000, 175 to 200,000, and it was 223. Down, uh, it was down from last month's 256. Um, we did see more people enter the workforce. Now, that, that's a very good sign. Um, again, this is part of the conversation that we had over the course of the program today, is that, and this has been my point here, uh, the Federal Reserve can't fix the labor market. They can't do it. How in the world, it's like putting a square peg in a round hole. How in the world is the Fed going to get people back to work 
that are making over a hundred grand a year not to work. That that's all Washington DC. This is policy based. The Fed, they're not involved with any of this. So again, to me, it's always been an exercise in futility. They keep talking about the labor force and we got to have unemployment go up. Unemployment, we still, the Jolts report came out. You still got over 10 million job openings here in the United States. I can still go to my, my town here where I live. And well, the main town here, Huntington, here on Long Island. And there's a help wanted sign everywhere. You can fall out of bed and you can find yourself a job. That's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, people might not be making as much. Um, but again, you, you might want to start, you might want to start filling out, you know, filling up some of these jobs and stop waiting by the sideline. Because again, there's going to be a little uh, tolerance, I think, for, for more of these, these handouts and, and giveaways. Um, thank God we pushed back against the child tax credit, uh, but they're going to have to do more. That's the reality. You got to get people back to work. Um, one of the interesting things is talking about wage growth. They were very, very excited uh, about the fact that, and this is why the markets, at, the, at this point in time, again, things could turn. I, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't do a judge the day-to-day movements of the market. We're up some 550, 600 points at the time that I'm, that I'm doing this, the Dow. Um, and a lot of it's just, it just has to do with the fact that people are starting to see inflation really come down, which it is, okay? It is coming. That was going to come down automatically, freeing up supply chains. I mean, people, do you remember a year ago? A year ago, we were cracking jokes. It was, there was memes out there with, with trucks filled with lumber. I just saw a multimillionaire drive by. You remember, remember how much everything cost? It was through the roof, building materials. Uh, car companies couldn't get parts to put the car. That, that's, that's gone now. And it's going to work its way through the system. Part of it is it's going to be a little bit stickier. Again, many businesses out there, they're going to, it's their business. They're going to continue to keep their prices up as long as they can. It is what it is. They had to raise their prices due to inflation. Their input costs come down. Um, it's going to come down slower, slower than it was actually going up. If that makes any sense, they're going to hold out. They're going to try to make more money. They're going to increase their margins. Eventually, via competition, what the free market does, it will come down. Again, this is how the free market is supposed to operate. It's supposed to work. Um, again, going back to the Federal Reserve. Uh, well, we're going to keep rates high for an extended period of time. What's that mean? I've mentioned this before when it, when it comes to the markets. Um, am I expecting any sort of raging bull market bounce back this year? No, I'm not. Um, I, I still think we're in a position where you're going to see some more volatility moving forward. And I, I, I do think it's a great opportunity to uh, continue to accumulate high quality assets at very good prices. Many things have gone on sale. There is a tug of war. When I talk about the Fed, you get the two different camps out there. You know, markets, markets are up today because they're encouraged that the Fed, you know, might not be able to continue to raise rates. Eh. Again, I, I, I've said this before here. I could really, I don't care that much uh, about the Fed and the whole concept of fighting the Fed. I don't fight the Fed. I, I don't deal with the Fed. That's not, I, I can't control what the Fed is going to do. I mean, they, they perpetually screw up all the time. So why in the world am I going to concern myself with them? You know, that, that, uh, 
conventional wisdom out there. Don't fight the Fed. I don't want to pay attention to the Fed. I'll tell you something. Um, you, you go back to go back to the dot com run. Let's go back to the 1990s. Go back to the 1990s and the run up in the dot coms. You could have you could have bought yourself a 10 year treasury paying over six percent at that point in time. Think about that. Over 10 excuse me, over 6% 10 year treasury back in the 1990s during the dot-com run-up. That's much higher than we're on right now. Uh, markets still went up. Um, this idea out there that you know, people and businesses and starting, they're not going to be able to get money. That's nonsense. I, I, I disagreed with, with uh, Stephen Moore and I've got a great deal of respect for Stephen Moore. I've had him on my radio show in the past. He and I have been on panels before, but I think he misses a bit when it comes to the markets, you know, he's, he's like, where's the growth going to come? Where's the growth going to come from in 2023? And, I, you know, I, on the program, I was like, Steve, I said, listen, I said, businesses are going to be a hell of a lot more productive. If you take a look at, at the worker productivity numbers for 2022, they're shit. Why are they shit? Well, it, it's, it's taking into account all of these unnecessary workers at these tech companies that are sitting on their ass all day. And we knew that this was going to be a bit of a problem. Our companies are saying, we're going to, you're going to have to work more. We're going to have to do more with less. We're going to have to be more productive. This is good for companies' bottom line. This is what needs to happen during slowdowns and recessions. You get rid of the crap. You get rid of the gunk. So you can come out, like I said before, a lean, mean fighting machine on the outside. So many of these companies, these layoffs, it was like, oh, it's terrible. It's, it's the economy. That's a bunch of horse manure. It's not the economy. It's the fact that they, they overhired. They don't need them. They don't need them. So you know what? We'll make do with less. And guess what? Worker productivity will come up. And what, what does that mean? That means greater profitability for these companies. And again, when they're more profitable, then you're going to start seeing some of the reinvestment, and that's where you're going to get the growth from. Um, and another point that I, that I disagreed with Steve about, and again, we didn't have time to, to really get into it. We was talking about um, the demise of venture capital and uh, startup businesses, and I, I'd love to have this conversation with Steve. I, venture capital, to me, is, um, for the most part, it's been a joke over the past couple of years. It's always a joke when it goes into hype cycles. It's not about building long-term companies. It's not about building companies that are built to last. It's about taking a company public and getting out. It's the, it's the greater fool game. It's that, uh, that game that we talk about all the time on the radio show, been talking about for decades. It's the fact it's like that, that, it, that um, perverse game of musical chairs. Uh, and you, you're left, who's going to be left standing? I don't care. I, I could take a look at many of these businesses and know that they're, oh, it's a neato company. Let's take it public. Let's, let's see what fools will go in and buy into this thing. And they keep it afloat until it's no longer. But like all companies, they have an intrinsic value. They're eventually going to trade what they're worth. And this is what we've seen over the past 18 months to two years, a reckoning of all of the dog shit that's been out there. And again, hype cycles have to work your way through it. Uh, are, are some of these things dragging down some of the, the higher, more higher quality companies? Sure. It's the markets. But then again, this is where you take advantage of these things. Remember what I've said. I, you know, well, I didn't say it. I'm repeating what JP Morgan said. During bear markets, during slowdowns, 
stocks return to their rightful owners. What? Smart money gets in. Anyway, enough on that. Enough on that. I uh, talked about you know cracks in the real estate market uh, yesterday here on the program. Um, and then I've tried to make this perfectly clear. They, can, they, they, we tr- they try to take the United States and say the United States real estate market. And it's, you really can't do that. I, I know it makes for good TV. And they try to, I mean, they try to, you know, they dumb things down to the point of them just being dumb. Okay. You're, you're, <laughs> we have a big country. We have a big country. And there's going to be certain real estate markets. I can go and I can look where I live here outside of New York. I live here in Long Island. And if I was to take the similar house that I have and I was to say, what is this house going to cost in upstate New York? What's it going to cost in Buffalo? What's it going to cost in Albany? What's it going to cost in Syracuse? It's going to be different everywhere. It's a big real estate market and areas that that become out of control normally, they will come down. Unless, of course, there's an inability for new inventory. And this is certain areas of the country that are desirable for reasons such as jobs, uh, such as schools. Um, there's no more land to, to build any more homes. Uh, it, it can make it very difficult. Let's so say talk about inventory being tight. Well, you get this um, individual's name is... Uh, Brian Lewis, he was on, um, he was on, yeah, he was on Fox Business. He's talking about certain areas of the country where real estate is tight. Yeah, it's tight. There's not enough building going on. That's going to slowly but surely change. Um, a lot of the, again, a lot of the home builders out there, they're going to have to start repricing their product. Now, we know that their input costs have come down, but they also have to, you know, get with the program that uh, mortgage rates have gone up. Another way where you can help with the inventory problem, it's, it's Washington, D.C. Um, you talk about the regulatory costs, what it, what it costs to build a home. It's astronomical. Now, I'm not against, I'm a libertarian guy, but I'm not against regulations. I'm not. And having certain rules. Um, we, we've discussed, you know, what, is, what took place with the, the god-awful hurricane uh, down there in Florida and the damage that that's done. Uh, try to build try to build a new house on the water in Florida and see how much it's going to cost you. Uh, the homes that were knocked down in, in Fort Myers, a lot of these are 30, 40, 50 years old, made out of wood. Um, <laughs> those homes are not coming back. You're not going to replace them in that way. It's going to cost a ton of money to replace it, which, again, is, is a bit of an issue right now. Because if you insured your home for a certain amount of money, you get that insurance check, that money is not going to translate into a new home on that land that you have because of what? Because of the building restrictions that they put into place. So again, part of it as well. Uh, again, I, I, I caution people all the time when it comes to you know, real estate, and we've talked about your, your, your primary home and, and the, the need to understand that you know, if you're taking out a 30-year mortgage or a 15-year mortgage, it's a bill that you're paying. And, and look at it as such. Don't look at your house. Don't say, hey, this is going to be a great investment. Don't convince yourself to buy too much of a house and become house poor because you think it's going to be worth X. 
down the road. No, no. Look at it like the electric bill, the oil bill. Um, you know, it's, it's a necessity of life. And granted, if, if you play your cards right uh, and you take care of the, the piece of property, you're going to make out okay. But more often than not, you're not going to make out like gangbusters. People fail to take into, a, take into account. I hear this sometimes. Yeah, I bought my house in and I sold it for this. Okay. How much did you pay in interest? How much did you pay in upkeep? Okay, this is all a part of that. You, you know, when you buy a, do a, you know, a juxtaposition in regards to another type of investment, you buy a bond or a stock, you're not getting a phone call up at some point in time asking them to send you more money. That make any sense? You know, the, uh, the, uh, the boiler doesn't break on your, you know, Apple stock or Microsoft or Amazon stock. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Okay, it's a completely different dynamic. Okay, um, China. Again, I, they, they should, this is, we're like, you've heard it first, and then somebody will talk about it in the Wall Street Journal down the road. Um, China's myth of communist competence. Yeah, um, we've talked about that here on the show. Wall Street Journal today. Xi Jinping. Dallas expected to celebrate the new year by touting the superiority of his authoritarian economic and governance model. Instead, he's trying to maintain a healthcare crisis, a weakening economy, and political protests. These vulnerabilities, each attributable to the Chinese Communist Party under his leadership, allow the United States to combat the party's mercantilist policies and debunk its narrative that China's rise to global dominance is inevitable. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, the end of the United States, the demise of the American ideal and model, yeah, that's been greatly exaggerated. We told you. And yeah, a lot of these you know, people go on the business programs and talk about the great China danger. And I'm like, it's inevitable. It's inevitable that it's going to fail. When you have a command and control economy, and they were handling it pretty well for a period of time. I mean, there was disconnects that they had there. However, once Xi Jinping came in, and once he it's more subsidies for the housing market, more bailouts, cracking down on their tech sector, becoming more of a Maoist authoritarian, I was like, It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Because again, they, they kind of opened up Pandora's box. And they're going to take it back? It's kind of like, yeah, we'll think about it this way. Um, Gorbachev and his perestroika. And starts opening up the Soviet Union. Oh, that box is open now. It's hard to put that genie back in the bottle. Pandora's box, you know, that's a different story, Greek mythology, which I love. But, um, yeah, they're, they're a mess right now. And I, I, we talked about this yesterday, the new ambassador to the United States, very pro-U.S. They've got to change course. They're screwed. They're screwed. They've got businesses leaving left, right, all over the place at this point in time, saying we can't deal with this country and this nonsense anymore. And you're going to see, you're going to see continued, you know, uh, you know, manufacturing shift here to the United States and other places. And again, I, I would, I'd be directing a lot of it as well. Um, if you needed some of these things to, 
actually keep the cost down in regards to labor. I think we can kind of to kill two birds with one stone, for lack of a better phrase, by, by looking to move some of these things, not only to the United States, but to Central America and South America as well. Anyway, um, speaking of which, we'll talk about all the immigration. Uh, Biden's, Biden's going to the border this weekend. Um, okay. Okay, that was a big thing on fire. I keep asking Biden to keep asking his um, spokes chick there, um, what's, you know, when is he going to the border? Okay, goes to the border. Then what? Uh, it's, it's symbolic, I, I guess, but you see the policies that he's putting forward. It's, it's not even putting a Band-Aid on the situation. Um, we have this, he's got this summit that's coming up here called, they're called calling it the three amigos summit. You've got, uh, uh, Lopez Abrador, you've got Justin Trudeau and you've got Joe Biden in Mexico city next week. And again, we're talking about the revamped NAFTA. Um, but it's gotta be more than that. Um, and again, I, 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 Kind of got a little boy. Well, not, I was under control, but a little boisterous today on, on Fox Business. We were talking about immigration. We were also talking about drugs and the drugs that have come across. Again, it's been something we've discussed for a long period of time. It just gets worse every single year. It's not getting better. It gets worse every year. We have over a hundred thousand people dying every single year, and the drugs are coming from Mexico. Yes, the chemicals to make fentanyl they're coming from from China. Uh, but it's not just that. It's, it's the, the new crystal meth. And all of this is coming through. And if, if ISIS or, or some foreign country uh, were to plan an attack that killed over 100,000 Americans, what do you think we'd do? Uh, you know, we've, we've got this, this military. We just don't use things properly. Um, at, at some point in time, and I don't think you're going to get much, much pushback at all if you sell this right to the American people. And I, I've talked about this before. Um, I, I'm not a, I don't believe in intervention. Uh, I think we should have been in and out of Afghanistan. That was W, W and his nation building bullshit. We should have never went into Iraq. We were lied to about that. We were involved in all these places around the globe, quite frankly, where we don't belong. Yet again, we've got poison that's being pumped in. Think, all right, think this way. Do you remember back during, after post 9-11, where there was the, the anthrax envelopes and that scare? Oh, yeah, the scares are going out there. People worried, checking their, their mail. is going to be white powder in it. Um, how many I can't even recall. Were there any any casualties, any death uh, deaths involved at all with that that anthrax situation post nine eleven? I I I don't remember, but I know for certain it wasn't over a hundred thousand people de dead in the United States. I I know for certain that's not the case. So again, you know, I'm playing president right now, and. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to. I'm going to go Don Corleone uh, on this one. Yeah, Don Corleone is. He assembles the uh, heads of the five families, 
and, uh, you know, says, listen, I want to bring my son back. And he, he explains he's a su superstitious guy. He said anything happens to his son, you know, if he happens to get shot by a police officer or get struck by a bolt of lightning, going to start blaming people in this room, and then he's not going to forget. So you basically put it to the Mexican government, either you're going to handle this, or we are. Which again, that'll take us to Godfather 2, where, uh, you know, Michael's bodyguard told Fredo, you know, you better get your wife under control or we're going to have to take care of it, which Fredo couldn't get under control, so they took care of it. Um, someone's got to handle it. Handle it. Deal with the problem. This this the problem. Go fix it. And I, I don't care what you have to say to the Mexican government. I don't care. Tell them we will we will come in and we will go after them. Do you understand how out of control it is? They arrested they arrested El Chapo's son, and the cartel shot up a military airport. They were shooting at airplanes yesterday. You've obviously lost freaking control of your country. And it's spilling over here. So either you're going to take care of it or we're going to do it for you. Now, I know there's some issues via history and culture, but I don't give a crap, man. Have you looked at what's taken place and these various different American cities with, with, the, with the drugs and what's going on, a hundred thousand. And again, if it wasn't for Narcan, it would probably be a quarter million. It would probably be closer to a quarter million if it wasn't for Narcan. That's just the fentanyl deaths. And now we've got this, uh, you know, Walter White uh, crystal meth at almost 100% purity that drives people crazy and acts of violence that are taking place. Again, um, Deal with it. Deal with it. Again, we, we, we talk around it. Oh, do stuff at the board. Nothing being put forward. Um, do I think that we need to have comprehensive immigration reform? Yes. Do I think that we need to have paths to citizenship? Yes. But, but this, all these different rules and whatnot that he's putting forward, it's a joke. I mean, there's parts of the world right now that are, that are really bad, and people will do anything to get out. And again, it's another teachable moment. We were making fun of uh, communist China. How about communist Cuba? The uh, year 2022 was one of the worst years ever for the nation of Cuba. I, I kid you not. That people are doing every anything and everything they can. They're showing up again in the boatloads in the Florida Keys from Cuba. Haiti as well. But Cuba is that bad. That bad. Again, to all of you leftists out there, to all you people wearing your Che Guevara shirt, thoughts? Thoughts on that? Anyone? Anyway, uh, bankruptcies. Crypto leader, lender, leader, <laughs> lender, Genesis is considering bankruptcy. Well, we're thinking about it. I mean, we're throwing a towel. They laid off 30%. Of their staff, they lost a fortune, uh, various different collapses, Alameda, Three Arrows, uh, all, these, all these wonderful names you guys come up with. Genesis. Another one, uh, Bed, Bath, and Beyond. Um, 
if your wife asks you to go to bed, I'd rather stick a hot poker in my eye than go to bed. Anyway, um, we told you this was going to happen. Told you this was going to happen, and oh, nope, nope, you had all of those meme stock traders this past year. Oh, yeah, they were believers. They were believers. People, two plus two equals four. I, I know you want it to be equal to something else, but, but it just does. And you can take a look at the numbers, and they just don't add up. Anyway, have a uh, wonderful weekend, everybody. Um, scheduling. Uh, Things I want, I'll let you know. I, I have to go to a, um, fortunately, I have to go to a funeral on Monday up in my hometown uh, of Albany, New York. I'm going to, if I am able to get the podcast done, it's going to be coming out later on in the afternoon, which means it probably won't hit our YouTube channel uh, until Tuesday. And, but I'm going to, I'll get something done. And Tuesday, oh, yep, I got to take my, uh, my young one there, uh, college college visits. Got to go talk with uh, one of the coaches. Anyway, God bless everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Watchdogonwallstreet.com is our site. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.